Good morning to my brothers and sisters at Antioch Baptist Church in Yolanda, Kenya. God bless you. Let's open our hearts and pray and ask God to do a work in each one of us as we look at his word today. Heavenly Father, we need you. Send your Holy Spirit that we may hear and receive what you say to us and that we may be changed and never be the same again. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Again, welcome. God bless you. I'm honored and blessed to be with you this morning as we continue our look through Paul's letter to the church at Rome. We are in chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 11, Lord willing, today. So let's read those together. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. God bless the reading and understanding of his holy word. He says that while we were still weak, meaning we were in our sin, at the right time, boy, it's important for us to know that God is an on-time God. We think sometimes that God is running behind or maybe even running ahead, but God is always perfect in every way, and he's perfect in his timing. He is always there at just the right moment. While we were still weak, at the perfect time, Christ died for the ungodly. That is, that, that Christ Jesus, who is God, was God, and continues to be God, died, took our place, died in our place for the ungodly, for those who were in sin and separated from God. That is us. That is all of us. And then he says in verse 7, For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. He's speaking from a human standpoint that as human beings, we, we wouldn't really want to die for a righteous person, but maybe, maybe sometimes for a really good person, one human might dare to die for another. But God, I love those two words. But God, I think, is the, one of the most amazing statements in all of Scripture because over and over throughout the Bible, it looked like things were going to be one way, but God. And in our own lives, we were going in one direction, but God. 
Uh, nobody comes to the Father except through the Son, and nobody comes except that they are drawn. And God is perfect in his time, and he's an on-time God. But God, at the perfect time, shows his love for us. He doesn't just say he loves us. He demonstrates it. He demonstrates it as clearly as could ever be demonstrated because God so loved us that he gave his son that we might have life and not giving it to some good people, but to us who are sinners separated from God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, that's all of us, Romans 3.23. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Everyone has turned to his own way, Isaiah 53. And the result of our sin, the wages of our sin, is death, Romans uh, 6.23. But God, but God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still uh, in essence, spitting in God's face, living life our way, Jesus Christ died for you and died for me. And then he says, Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, uh, he's saying, Look, in light of the fact that God has sent his son to die for us, we have now been justified by his blood. That is, that, that while we were sinners, we were justified by the blood of Jesus through faith. It says in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by grace, God's gift, God's gift of his son, through faith, that's trust, trusting in Jesus. And even that, that faith is a gift of God, not a result of our works, not something we could do, but done by God. By, by that faith, we are justified by his blood. He says, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God, by his life. If we've been reconciled from sinners and brought from death to life, how much more will we be saved from the wrath of God? God is not going to subject his people to the tribulation, the wrath of God that is to come that we read about in Revelation as well as in other books. For God, while we were sinners died for us and justified, made us right before God, gave us the righteousness of Christ. We are now uh, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If he did that while we were sinners, much more now that we've been reconciled to him uh, and, and justified, will we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Shall we be saved by his life. So he's talking about sort of a three-way thing here. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed from our sin to righteousness 
that Jesus himself is the propitiation. He was the payment. He was the sacrifice that atoned, that made right us before God. And then through his, through his life, we're reconciled, brought back into fellowship with God. This is totally the work of God, accomplished through the death of Jesus Christ. Our redemption is related to our sin. Our propitiation or satisfaction pertains to God, and reconciliation is for us, for people. Uh, it's, the, it's the removal of the, the hatred, so to speak, that stands between people and God, the enmity that we were enemies. Reconciliation is the basis of our restored fellowship, the restored fellowship between people and God. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but God, but God. What a beautiful phrase, but God. And then he says in verse 11, more than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We rejoice in God. Rejoice, rejoice. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, make your request known to God and the peace of God, the joy of God, the comfort of God's presence will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We rejoice in the Lord our God. This, this is what Paul is, is encouraging us to do uh, in one of our previous sessions in the earlier part of chapter 5. He's saying rejoice in the Lord. The assurance and guarantee of it all is the fact that through Christ, we have now received reconciliation. We have been brought back into fellowship with God, the fellowship that was lost in the garden when Adam and Eve turned away. Since God has reconciled us when we were godless enemies to himself, we should enjoy the peace that we have with God. That, that is truly what we're looking for in life. We may think it's, it's worldly things and we may think it's relationship or fame, but really what we're looking for is that peace that we find only in God and only through Christ. Only in God and only through Christ. We are reconciled. We're made right with God and the peace of God attends, comforts, uh, works about our hearts to guard us and to strengthen us and to lead us into deep joy and peace. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise be to God. God bless you, and I look forward to our next time together in Christ's name. Amen.